Thank you, Jordan. And uh, that was great, as usual. I'm going to move this because I might knock it off. And uh, try to protect that thing. Go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter 9. I want to thank everybody who made uh, this last Thursday a neat success. I know uh, uh, Brother Norman, Brother Lee brought their cookers. I counted like a, a 10 or 11 men that were helping uh, do so much and made the energy bus a success. I know that was a uh, uh, just a neat deal. I've got it recorded. May show it tonight at church. Uh, Channel 10 News had a news correspondent uh, out here at Promised Land and had some footage mainly from here. Uh, it's pretty neat. Interviewed uh, uh, Miss Karen. Uh, misspelled her name, which that's my name, and uh, Reese, but sometimes people spell it with a C instead of an S, but uh, interviewed her and Miss Tracy Streeter and and uh, some others. Just a neat deal. Uh, I think it's really great what uh, Miss Tracy Streeter's trying to do, and a matter of fact, I'm uh, finishing up the book now called The Energy Bus, and uh, required reading, and matter of fact, I was visiting Miss Penny earlier about it. Uh, some just some of the neat positive books that are coming through the school system, and it, it's great for whether it be churches, personal lives, corporations, school systems. Uh, just some great things. Uh, look it up, Google it, uh, get it at a used bookstore, Amazon. Uh, if you don't have the money to buy it, I'll buy it for you and give it to you. I guarantee it's that good. And uh, if you don't have the funds to get it, uh, I'll just give you a copy. The is just really neat, a lot of positive things. Another thing along the same line, uh, matter of fact, uh, another reader in our church, Brother Neil Woods, uh, here a while back, uh, I recommended a book to him, and he said it was, besides the Bible, it was almost life-changing to him, and it's called The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. I highly recommend that book, uh, Seven Decisions That Will Change Your Life, and uh, just an awesome book. Of course, the most powerful book on the planet is the Bible, and it is life-changing. It, it, it is full of life-changing principles and things because it is the God who gave you life wrote this book. This is not a book by men, but uh, a book, basic. if you take an acrostic, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. I like that. I did not come up with that, but that's pretty good. Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. If you don't read that before you leave the earth, uh, it might not be good. All right? So this is good to get this. So thank everyone. Boy, ladies were bringing cookies. Uh, there were so many things, people. Uh, just it went great. Thursday, uh, fed almost 200 people just that were here. A lot of, a lot of people uh, had already had lunch when they came. I was talking to some parents that brought their kids. Miss Karen, who was on the bus, along with some others in here, said that uh, Promised Land had the biggest representation of parents and kids uh, at the different spots that they stopped at. Uh, along the route and i'm just so glad that promised land could be represented the news clip represented our church very well i was very proud of that and very thankful uh also i just want to i've had uh 
several people, not, not just one or two, but several people come to me this summer uh, with, and I just think maybe it's uh, God, uh, but they've all had similar questions. Uh, and I found that I've, I've enjoyed trying to uh, give out information, but, uh, and they've all been kind of the same. Uh, just, and what I decided to do, I've been praying about it over the weekend, yesterday, and even this morning, uh, brainstorming, writing things down. And so I don't know if I'm going to do this series, new series. Now I know I'm going to finish up not the entire book of Joshua. We're skipped chapter eight going into chapter nine. Well, I'm going to start a new series either on Sunday morning or Sunday night. And it's the name of the series is going to be this hard questions, real answers. And uh, some of these I've had many times, so if you've asked me this question, you're, you're not the first. I'm talking half a dozen to a dozen people have asked me questions either exactly like this or similar to this. Uh, questions like uh, concerning creation, uh, you know, how old is the earth? Uh, you know, this is a big one that because uh, we've get, we're getting two different answers to. Where and when did the dinosaurs, or do the dinosaurs, fit in the Bible? And that's, these are all legitimate questions, by the way. And again, if you've asked me this question before, uh, I mean, there's been several, uh, 10, 12 people that have, I said, well, my goodness, there must be a need if this many people are asking this question. Uh, also, another one that uh, is, to me, very easily answered, but it poses a big problem in our society, where did Cain get his wife you know Cain was the uh, son of Adam and Eve where did he get his wife and uh, also speaking of on that line do science and the Bible conflict one another and uh, how does the big bang fit in with the Bible does it fit at all Uh, can you really know if God exists can you know that and uh, if God exists let me ask you this if the answer is yes then how come there's evil and suffering in the world if there's an, a, a, a good and perfect God? All right? Uh, also, can you trust the Bible? Can you trust it? Uh, also, if, there, if the Bible, uh, mankind wrote it down, God inspired them to, but can, are there any contradictions in the Bible? How do you, how do you solve them? And uh, one of the last things, don't all religions lead to God, so why this one? Don't all religions lead to God, so why this one? So these are legitimate questions. I've told many people this before, and, uh, and I invite anybody to, number one, uh, this Bible right here doesn't run. So <laughs> if somebody wants to attack it, uh, my Bible and my God says, bring it on. And it has never been proven wrong. Never, ever. A lot of people have tried to disprove this book right here. Uh, uh, quickly, I want to do a, before I read in Joshua chapter 9, I want to do a public service announcement. Okay? Commercial break. Okay. And, and if anybody has one of these, and you may be using it for a Bible. But uh, I ask you, please don't, uh, I mean, just kind of rude to me and rude to God, uh, text and Facebook during my message, okay? All right? So just 
they want to do the button called OFF, off, okay? And uh, kind of rude to me and rude to God. So just public service announcement. And uh, and how did we get along before them? How did we have church before we had that? Which I, I use mine for my Bible all the time. But if you do, that's fine. Just, I don't know. Have you ever Have you ever visited with somebody? And they, they wouldn't look at you because they're looking at their phone all the time. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I got sick and tired. I was at a, a grocery store one time, and the person couldn't check me out because they were texting so much. I'm like, come on. I would like to leave today. Just let me pay for the gas, all right, and then I'll leave. Okay, so I just want to throw that in there. It's, it means a lot to me and means a lot to the Lord, okay? All right, okay, Joshua chapter 9, probably get in trouble about that after church. I just stay in trouble, so I ain't worried about it, all right. Joshua chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. Let's just read verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass when all the kings were on this side, Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys and all the coast of the great sea, over against Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusites heard thereof. Of course, I like what one preacher said, all those ites and the termites included. So, that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants, uh, inhabitants of, the, of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and Ai, they did work wily. That means sneak. They were Sneaky and crafty, and went and made as had been they had been ambassadors. They took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and clouded up on their feet, and old garments on them. And all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. All right. Well, let's just. I want to talk about this uh, subject of deception and. Uh, you know, and you don't think about really needing a sermon on deception, but it's interesting. Now, we've dealt with some tough subjects in the Word of God. Uh, matter of fact, because going through the book of Joshua, Joshua has some tough subjects in it. You know, we've dealt with church discipline. We've dealt with uh, uh, standing for your family and different things like that. Later on, Joshua says, and the most famous, I think, uh, most and it's on a lot of paintings and different things. In Joshua twenty four fifteen, the very last chapter of the book, he says, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." I see that on paintings, pictures, and all sorts of stuff. That's a great motto verse. That's a great verse for you and I to have for our family. Another thing is, you know, as we look here, these Gibeonites. Now, apparently, as we go through the story here. They had done some research, and I think I put it, the references, I'm not going to turn over there and read them for lack of time, but uh, uh, yes, I did in Deuteronomy 7 and also Deuteronomy 20, speaking of this deception. They apparently somehow found out about this. You see, um, the Israelites were supposed to destroy all of those you know, Canaanites, Jebusites, Hivites, and all those guys. But they said, if there's anybody that's outside of the this basic borders of your land of habitation, that you could make peace with them, you know, or it'd be up to you, depending on them. 
So somehow they knew that. They also knew that Israel had to keep their word. That if they made a covenant, folks, listen, they made a covenant, basically this. They took a vow or an oath under the name of the Lord. And the, the Gibeonites somehow were aware of something along this line because they said, let's go in there. And they made it look like they were from outside of Canaan land. They were from a long ways off. Now, they're being real sneaky about this. Now, remember, mankind has, ever since we've sinned, people have, uh, different people are, are, have become sneaky. Why would you be sneaky? To deceive. Now, later on in the sermon, in the outline, if you picked up a bulletin, you've got it there in front of you. There's a difference between making a mistake and being deceptive. Now, somebody can uh, say, well, uh, the meeting tomorrow is at 2. Well, is it 12? Were they trying to deceive me? No, they just made a mistake. They were wrong. But if I intend to deceive you, I'm going to give you false information to try to make you do what I want you to do. Now, that's deception. You see the difference between making a mistake or giving out false information that's a mistake? Not anybody can give out false information. Now, are they doing it to deceive or they just did it as a mistake? The very first deceiver, of course, is Satan who took upon the form of a serpent. Now, we don't have to, if you want to, you can turn over there, but I won't. I just refer to it. Many of you know the story. That's why I write things down so you can see it and you can go to them if you want to. In Genesis chapter 3, it says this. Now, the serpent in the King James Version was more subtle than any beast of the field which God had made. What is the word subtle there? I put it in there for you. It means crafty, sneaky. Uh, he was up to something. He was a deceiver. And guess what? Old Testament and New Testament says Satan deceived Eve. Now, uh, that's something that i tell you what, and uh, many... I've met now different people in here, and I'm basically everybody in this room. You're wired one of two ways. Everybody in this room is a natural optimist or a natural pessimist. Probably goes hand in hand with this. Some of you uh, easily trust people. Some of you have a hard time trusting anyone, and your trust is Harder to win or harder to earn. Maybe it's because that's the way you're wired or maybe you've been deceived before and your guard's up. You've got natural walls built up. And uh, folks, that, that's understandable. There's a lot of deception. Matter of fact, you know, used to, you know, cars have been around for how long? Not a long time, uh, really compared to history. hundred years, whatever it may be. I know it's 120 or whatever the case is, but remember, used to, you could hitchhike, you know, soldiers, World War II, you could hitchhike across the United States. You could go anywhere by hitchhike because guess what? Hardly anybody ever, you know, nobody had two, they, you know, I remember my grandparents telling me that it was a waste of money to own two vehicles. It was a waste of money to own two. Why would anybody want two television sets? That is, that's just living too high on the hog there, okay? Have two television, or two cars, you know, and you could go all over the United States by 
putting your thumb out. Well, then deception started coming in. And there was people taking advantage of people, robbing people, stealing from people. And when that happens, guess what? Now, <laughs> go, go try to thumb a ride. It's that you'll have about a thousand cars pass you unless somebody knows you. And uh, then go on, just go to any city, try to, because why? We have our guard up. We don't trust people. People have been hurt and deceived and, and deception is real. Deception is even in churches. There's been preachers that have deceived people countless times. It's in the Bible and it still is that way today. That's why. Tell everybody, look in the Bible. See, see what I'm preaching. Make sure it's right there. I'm not reading out of a J.C. Penney catalog or anything like that this morning. It's out of God's Word. And so looking at this deception, what the Gibeonites did is they deceived the children of Israel. That's verses 1 through 5 that we looked at. Now, what Satan sometimes does, I'm just going to put my marker here in uh, Joshua 9. If you want to follow me, I am going to read 2 Corinthians 11. So deception's real. Now, but here's what I want to say. We know the author of it. That's the very first deceiver ever was who? Satan. He deceived a woman. Did you know the Bible says Adam was not deceived, but he still made a wrong choice, didn't he? And there's a lot of re uh, discussion about why. But 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 says this, uh, I'll tell you what, I want to back up to verse 13. He says in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Verse 15, Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, that just simply means servants. Anybody can be a servant of Satan. Judas was a servant of Satan. Any church member can be a servant of Satan. You say, a saved person cannot be? Yeah, <laughs> a saved person can be a servant of Satan. I didn't say possessed, but he can do his, because why? We're tempted. Have you ever, has anybody in this room that's saved ever lost your temper? Said something you shouldn't have said. Gone off the handle. Reacted in a certain way. Did something you shouldn't have done. Gone somewhere you shouldn't have gone because you were tempted by your flesh. Most of us blame it on the devil. The devil's working on me. Man, the devil's after me. But most of the time, we're not big enough. You know, say, remember that demon that said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And uh, he jumped on the man. And a lot of us... Think, I mean, think the devil's after. Most of the time, it's just our cotton-picking flesh. And our flesh loves sin. Our flesh is selfish. Our flesh wants uh, attention and credit and glory and anything to take. Instead of looking out for others, most of the time, our flesh is looking out for ourselves. Our flesh can be deceiving. Don't trust your emotions. Your emotions will lie to you, okay? God's Word won't. You know, sometimes we think, I'm happy, I'm sad. But a lot of it, folks, the Bible says that even with the worst situations, you can still have joy. 
But listen to me, if your happiness and your joy is based on your circumstances rather than your Savior, that's when you're going to get in trouble. In other words, I lost my job. Therefore, I need to be mad at the world. I just found out I have cancer. Therefore, God hates me because this has happened to me. Now, you choose how to react. You choose what to do. We can all be deceived by the devil. I can, folks, I'm not above. You say, I'm, I'm, I'm much smarter than the preacher. I can put one over on You probably can. I've been deceived many times. People, church members, I mean, from every facet. Mainly, you know why? Because I'm naturally wired to trust people. God wired me that way. He did. I, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I do. It's the way you can ask my wife. You can, most of y'all know me well enough by now. It's the way I'm wired. I'll, you know, and even when somebody does jump up and bite me, I still give them another shot. Benefit of the doubt. Maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they just, ought, you know, just something happened. I don't know. Reminds me of a story. Trey's got me. Not, I'm not only reading books, I'm listening to books, thanks to Trey. There's <laughs> an app called Audible. And I was, uh, I'd read it many years ago. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, but it's, it's about this. And this, there's one chapter in the introduction uh, by Stephen R. Covey. But uh, it says uh, life has to do with perception. And there was a uh, had man that got on a train one time. And the train was just, I mean, it's full of people. Everybody's sitting comfortably. Man, and it seems it's a very peaceful journey. They stop at a little town, and a man gets on, and he has five children. And the children are just messing with everybody and messing with things. And they're, some of them are being loud, and some of them are being a little ornery. And, and they're starting to really get on everybody's nerves. And driving everybody crazy. And the man sitting next to the gentleman that brought the kids on said, Well, I'd finally had enough of his pesky kids. And I said, Sir, can you please do something about your kids? They're getting on everybody's nerves. He said, I, I really should. I need to get on. We're just going through a difficult time returning from their mother's funeral. And at that time, when he said that, that man felt about that tall. And the thing is, is everything can change. Because before he said that statement, that man had a perception. And I can have a perception of you and not knowing what you're going through in your life. And you see, and then that one little, one little piece of information... I gave y'all one little piece of information, and I did it for a purpose this morning. Whenever I, I just gave you a thought, and I know it was kind of humorous when I told everybody to greet each other like you really didn't like each other. And y'all chuckled and laughed, and some of you actually tried. You know, you made faces at one another, and I saw it. But notice how the whole perception and attitude of the room changed. When I said, why don't y'all greet each other? 
like you haven't seen each other in a long, long time. By the way, that was, that was your choice to change your perception and your outlook, wasn't it? Your choice. And, you know, the Israelites are about to make a choice and a decision. And we're fixing to get there. Now, I know they were deceived, but here's the whole point of this sermon. If y'all still have your finger or ribbon marker, because I, I know where it's at. And it's Joshua 9, 14. The whole point of this message is this. It's the whole point of it. Is this. When you make decisions without asking God. When you make decisions and you don't include the Lord. So they see the old clothes. They see the old wine bags. They see the old tattered stuff. They see their bread as moldy. Matter of fact, it says they took of their victuals. Which means they're looking at all their stuff. And examining it. And ask not counsel. At the mouth of the Lord. The whole sermon rides on this. Brother Ronnie, this is what it all boils down to right here. Are we going to say, God, I don't want to make decisions without your help. And, it, and, and folks, I can be deceived. And so can you. By the devil or whomever. A lot of times, you know when I get in the most trouble? When I don't pray and ask God's help. A deception. The whole point. They ask not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Should a church guard against deception over here at the end of the Bible? You go to Second Peter chapter two and Jude any chapter you want. But the word of God says this. Second Peter chapter 2, there is false prophets among the people, as there shall be false teachers. I'm in Second Peter 2, 1, who privately, that means sneakily, underhandedly, shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying that the Lord that bought them and bring upon them selves swift destruction. Many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom... The way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words. You know what that means? Fake words. Fake. The Bible says we ought to have unfeigned love. Now, I know that's old English, and I don't mind it. You know what that means? Don't fake your love for each other. Many people fake their love. They will put on a show. Did you know that's a type of deception? It's a type of deception whenever we're one way at church and another way outside. But did you know there's no real way to every church? I don't care. Any, you just pick any of them in Ashley County or in the world. There's going to be hypocrites in every church. There's going to be, and, little, and those are little deceptions, but they lead people away from Jesus. In every church I've pastored, in every church I've ever been in, have a certain amount of hypocrites, people that are one way. Inside of church and one way outside of church. And then in Jude, chapter, any chapter I said, 
and uh, verse 3, it says, I want to just look at the end of it, that we're end of verse 3, it says that we should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God. Oh, speaking of that, and it's kind of just a follow-up here last weekend, and I mentioned this, and I promised you, and I've done all my homework, and I've got all my handouts ready. I may have to get Miss Denise to make copies, but I've got all my handouts ready how to talk to a Jehovah's Witness tonight. And I'm going to give you stuff you can use in your hand. How to talk to a Jehovah's Witness tonight. All right? Because we had a bunch of them come through Promised Land last weekend. You know, it's, and they come up to me and I'm talking to them. And I said, I, I said, uh, I said, I'll talk to you later. That's basically what I ended with, all right? And so I couldn't very well, didn't feel like talking very much. But I feel like I'm failing if I can't give you something you can use, all right? And I'm going to try to do that tonight and later on when I do the series, Hard Questions and Real Answers. If I can give you something, I mean, printed, that you can keep and use. and turn. Oh, I know. I, Brother Michael showed us that one day. Here it is right here. There's all written down because I can't remember everything, but I know where to look it up. All right. And none of us can remember everything. If you can, praise Jesus. All right. You can remember it all. But uh, at least I know where to go to look it up. So there's deception. People, it says, even people who deny the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, Jude, verse 4. Man, that's a bad verse. People turning against my Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, the failure I've already dealt with, and lastly, and in closing, is John seven seventeen. It's just a great verse. A lot of times we don't seek God's will, uh, or we do, but we're act, act like we're at a grocery store. Karen and I went to a restaurant the other night, and... Uh, it's kind of like this. Well, let's see what's on the menu. Uh, what do I want from the Lord today? I want, Lord, I want you to, let me check this off. Let me pick the, I want the number three, supersize. That's what I want, Lord. No, we can't do that with the Lord. With God's will, it says you don't seek God's will like customers who look at options but servants who listen for orders. Basically, this. Don't, say, don't look at a menu and say, God, this is what I want. That's heresy. A true servant of the Lord says, God, what do you want me to do? You see the difference? Don't place your order with God. Don't say, I want a number three with fries to go supersize. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm out of here. A lot of us want to come to church like that. Sit back on the church for you. Okay, preacher, lay it on me. Okay, see you later. Adios, off I go. We get our orders. You say, God, what do you want me to do this week? There's a whole big difference. All right? But a lot of us want our religion like McDonald's. Quick, easy, and inexpensive. It don't cost me very much. Boy, I like a church like that. All right? And then, of course, if you want to really know God's will... 
uh, book of Proverbs, chapter 3. If I want to do what God wants me to do, instead of like the children of Israel being deceived, why were they deceived? Because they were the Gibeonites were so clever? No, they didn't ask God. Eve didn't either. Proverbs 3, 3. <clears throat> and uh, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Well, what about you? You say, here's all I want. We're fixing to have a hymn of invitation, and this is what I want you to think. Have you been making decisions? Remember the key verse, verse 14? Have you been making decisions without praying about them? Has your communication, and a lot of you, you say, well, I know why I messed up doing that because I didn't pray about it, or I made a decision. And y'all, in your life, you can think of decisions you've made before without asking the counsel of the Lord. And then you see the ones where you did pray, and God helped you to get through it. And so that's what I want to say to this morning. I, do I need to seek counsel from the Lord? Do I need to ask the Lord about something going on in my life? Seek God's wisdom as we prepare for Him invitation. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I thank you so very much for giving us this time this morning. And I pray that, that we see how these uh, the children of Israel how that they were deceived, but not only because they were trusting, but dear Lord, they didn't rely on you and seek your guidance. Dear Lord, help us in our life. We can, we can be deceived by our own, our own flesh. We can be deceived by somebody else's kindness or anything, but dear Lord, help us always to not stop leaning on your understanding. Just like Proverbs uh, chapter 3 tells us to lean not on our own understanding, but to seek you first. To seek your will, not our own will. In Jesus' name, amen.